Let's see. I worked at Chick-fil-A for a while. And Chick-fil-A is a great company, but I walked in because I thought, you know, this is my first job. Like, I'm, I'm grown. I can handle myself. I walked in with a full suit into the interview with Chick-fil-A, and the guy interviewing me had, like, a golf shirt on. Oh, and no. And so I was way overdressed. <laughs> that is and- fantastic. Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back with another episode, and I'm so excited about uh, this conversation today. We're talking about how to, how, how to do all kinds of things, but today we're talking about how to get a job because those are things that we need because money is something that we use and careers are something that we live in. And so we are going to really get to it today and talk about some practical ways that we can get jobs. We've got a ton of topics that we're going to cover but thankfully, I am not the one that's going to cover them. We have <laughs> Lauren Brown and Alex Munoz joining us today. Ladies, thank you so much for being a part of this. I think it's an important conversation. And Alex, I'd love for you to share kind of uh, where you came from and what you do and why your voice is something that we're going to be blessed by in this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. First, I'm just so excited to be here. Very humbled um, to have this opportunity to connect and talk to, talk with you all. But my name is Alex Munoz. I currently am a recruiter for Macy's. So I work on their college relations team. I get to travel around the U.S., go to different universities, um, and give people jobs. So hire people, um, which is really great. I graduated from University in Flor- of Florida in 2019, so not all that long ago but go Gators. Well, um, okay, hold on. I'm an uh-oh. LSU fan. Oh, no. And this Saturday, go. we tore you down. <laughs> so I had to throw that in. Go Tigers. Keep going. But that's okay. It's okay. We're... We'll make it work. It's okay. Um, No, but graduated from UF in 2019 with a bachelor's in management in Spanish and my master's degree in uh, international business over there and signed immediately with Macy's for their executive development program. So did some management with them um, and then transitioned over to now become a recruiter for the same program that I was a part of. Um, And what I would say is, you know, I am a young adult that is currently figuring out everything with faith and business and how the two come together. Um, And while I definitely don't consider myself to be an expert (laughs) in the role or or in this topic, I would say that the Lord has blessed me a lot with surrounding me with a lot of people to give a lot of wisdom. a lot of insight into his kingdom culture and how he desires for us as young adults, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, um, really to navigate this topic and, and, you know, be excellent in everything that we do. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're here and a part of it. Lauren, please tell me you did not go to UF. I did not. Thank the Lord. You wish you were a fish. I went to Palm Beach Atlantic. Hey. I'm about it. Yeah. That's awesome. And Alex, it's so funny where you're saying I may not be the expert, but just talking to you and going through this preparation, you she is the expert. You <laughs> you know so many things as a young adult um, that you really are an expert in this area. So I'm excited to I'm I'm learning from you as you're sharing. So I'm excited oh, thank you that you're so here. Much. I'm Lauren Brown. I have the privilege of looking after the HR team at Christ Fellowship, and I came on the team in 2011, 
So it's been 11 years now, and it's it's been such a ride. When I when I came onto the HR team, I actually didn't even know fully what HR was. I got my degree in accounting because I was good at it. I was the I was the girl in college who changed my uh, my major four times. I just didn't know what I wanted to do, um, and so I stuck with accounting because I was good at it. But accounting is boring as rocks. And I'm sorry for all the accountants out there. My husband is one. Um, But that would be, I'm like, that. this is an introduction. But I think the first thing I would say is just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's what you should do. Ooh. Yeah. Fascinating. You need to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Uh, so talk to us a little bit about, like, that's that's an interesting idea that you have to, not everything you're good at is something you should, like, work for and get a job in. So right. how do you find the right job? That That is a great question. And I would start that just by asking, what problems do you enjoy solving? Okay. So there's a variety of different ways that that can line up in a career. But rather than thinking about what you're good at, because that's that's the pit that I fell into and what I got my degree in, which is actually still a helpful degree, but not what I wanted to do with my life. Um but if I were thinking about what problems do I enjoy solving, that's going to add value somewhere where I'm going to feel fulfilled in it. Right. That's yeah. that's wild. Um, Alex, what, a, what, what made this job the right job for you? How did you make that decision? Yeah, I think it's actually kind of a, a paradox of a question and answer for me, in my opinion, because I'm sure there's many listeners who are, you know, tuning in right now that just hearing that we're talking about jobs and how to get a job, they're automatically tensing. They're getting super stressed, super anxious, um, and feeling. And I ended up, I, I was so determined that I actually reached out to a former mentor who was working in the role in the company. She gave me a referral. She talked to the interviewers, to the recruiter specifically about me, like, yes, this girl's awesome. Um, I know her. Horrible, awful mistake. Um, And I knew that I wasn't good at finance, but I still went through the interview. It was just like this. So it's not even like it was a virtual interview where I could just tap out and pretend that my Wi-Fi disconnected. Um, So I wish I could say, yeah, well, (laughs) I've seen everything. Um, (laughs) But no, so it was so bad. I went into the interview. The first question they asked me was a basic finance question. Um, And I literally... I looked at them just like this. It was a table just like this. And I just kind of looked and I went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was it. That was my answer. That was it. Um, it was so embarrassing. I was mortified. And again, it wasn't virtual. So I had to take my happy little self out of there with my little portfolio and walk right up out the door. Um, I wish I could exaggerate that it wasn't that bad. But truly, the two interviewers looked at each other um, during the interview and were like, oh, my gosh, who is this girl? Like, this is really awkward. Oh, it was so goodness. bad. Um, so, yeah, I left. I cried. Then I left because I thought it was funny Um, because, you know, it's not everything works. You know, you're young, you're figuring things out. I definitely felt that, you know, my passion or my commitment to the company could get me where skills needed to get me in the company. And that's okay too. Again, all about a self audit of recognizing Mm -hmm. where your strengths are and where they're not. Um, But I learned from it. And then one week later, I was actually flown out to then interview for the company that I'm at now. So, wow. you know, you got to pull up your, your bootstraps and keep on going. <laughs> but I actually applaud you for the courage 
to step into, like you took a step and it was brave and it was bold <laughs> and you learned from it. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. It no, was, it is. It was a lot, but it was okay. <laughs> that's awesome. We, uh, we all have these stories, and the fun part was none of that was prepped. We all have just natural stories of complete flops at right. an interview. Yeah. So give us some tips. How could we avoid that? How can we prep and get ready for an interview well so that we don't wear a, a three-piece suit, we don't show <laughs> up uh, without a job, you know, do all this stuff. So help us out. How do we get ready for an interview? Thankfully, there's so much you can learn on the front end now. Companies have websites. They share their history. Most of them talk about their values. And so I would emphasize do your research. Don't show up unprepared. Know who you're interviewing with and what's important to them Mm -hmm. so that when you're actually in the interview, you can speak their language Um, because that will set you up to stand out. So definitely know who you're interviewing with in Chick-fil-A. I, Lewis, I feel like you've been to Chick-fil-A before, and you know they don't wear suits. I just, it was a job. It was an interview. <laughs> you were dressing for the role you wanted, not yeah. the one you had. Yes. Dan Confidence. Kathy, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, didn't but work if, out. <laughs> but if you know the culture and you know you know what they wear, then you can know how to, how to arrive and how to uh, present yourself. So definitely researching the organization in advance. Um, You can also practice interviewing. I know that that is not um, probably a desirable thing to do. Uh, It's it's just this awkward effort, but don't show up to your first interview, and that is literally the first time you're answering questions for someone. You've got to practice it with a friend, with a mentor, parent, someone who can give you practical feedback on – uh, how you're answering, what you could do differently, even things like your eye contact and your body language. It's not just the words that you're saying. So when you have practice, you're going to go into an interview actually more comfortable mm-hmm. than you would if you if you hadn't practiced. Yeah. Is it appropriate to – I know you had a friend at that one company. Is it okay to talk to their friend and say, hey, what should I wear or what, should, what kind of questions Absolutely. would they ask? Absolutely. If you don't have somebody on the inside, can you talk to an HR person of how should I uh, go to this interview? Like, what should I wear? What are you looking for? Is that Definitely. appropriate to ask? That is yeah. appropriate. Okay. I wouldn't practice your interview with an HR person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you could ask them for some practical tips for sure. Yeah. Okay. And I would say, too, most interviews um, for most companies, they are looking for behavioral-based questions. Um, so yeah. tell me about a time when you had to solve a problem. Tell me about a time when you led a team. What was the result? What was the impact that you had? Um, so really looking at that method, it sounds really simple, but that is in most companies that I have interviewed with and then now the position that I'm in, um, we're looking for behavior-based questions. We want to yeah. understand Tell me about a time when, and you can Google it. There's a whole list of questions that you can practice. Um, So I think it's absolutely appropriate to reach out to someone that you either know in the position. Um, Also, LinkedIn, great resource if you don't know anybody in the role. I know some companies don't list HR contacts. So going on LinkedIn, seeing if you have any connections with anyone who's in that position, people love to talk about themselves. So it's okay to reach out to someone and say, hey, would you be so gracious to lend me 15 minutes of your time? I'm interested in this role um, and would love to connect with you and just ask you about your experiences 
in the position or with the company. Right. Okay. So that. we we've prepped, we've done our research. Uh, we're wearing the right attire. We show up to the interview. What are some tips of handling that conversation, that moment well? I would say as you're as you're in that moment and you're being asked behavioral-based questions, I appreciate when somebody shares uh, not just the tasks and the things that they did, but the results that they got. So the impact that something that they did had. And if this is your first job and you're thinking back to other other things, it's okay to give life examples and not work examples. Mm-hmm. Um, so have some thoughts prepared on those behavioral-based questions, but rather than just sharing, these are the three things that I did, talk about the impact that they had and how that added value to something okay. that you were a part of. Um, and we talked about being being authentic and speaking the language Speaking someone else's language, the language of the organization that you're interviewing with, doesn't mean that you're being inauthentic. You mm-hmm. need to um, – it's not a show, right? You're not performing. You need to share who you really are. Um, but when that aligns with with who they are and you can use some of their values and their culture in the conversation, Great. that's always really helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the the last thought that I had on this is you really do want to articulate how you can add value so understanding the language of understanding business, right? Somebody is about to, you're asking them to make a financial investment in you to join their team. And usually that financial investment is pretty large, right? A salary or, you know, an hourly rate. And so what is their return on that investment? What is the value that you're bringing that makes their investment worthwhile? So being able to share what what value you would add to give them a great return on their investment. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you got to be authentic. You have to tell the truth. Uh, one time, my uncle hired a handyman. I think the guy's name was Bill or something. But on his resume, ice sculpturing was, was something that he could do. And cool. so like our family was throwing some kind of party or the company my uncle was working with was throwing a party contracts this guy, Bill, to to do an ice sculpture, and he brings a chainsaw and a chisel and basically makes a big circle. It was a mess, but on his oh, resume, no. said he could do one thing, sold himself on it, and then whenever he was put to the wire, he had no skill whatsoever. So we want to make sure that what uh-huh. we're saying is authentic. Yeah. Um, trying to, to sell ourselves and the value we can add without – overselling, right? Is that is that fair? You got to back it up. So yeah. I think if Bill had been thinking about it, some people would ask for examples of the work, you know? So you okay. have to be able to speak to, if, if you give a resume to someone and they're going to go through bullet points with you and ask you, tell me, how, how did you do that? Give me the steps. What did it take to do that? You got to be able to, to answer the question for what you did and right. not... I think sometimes um, something that I see on resumes would be listing the efforts of what a team accomplished together. Okay. Yeah. Versus what an individual accomplished, where they played they played a part that was maybe very small, but as a team they accomplished this. But when someone asks you, "How did you do this?" they can't they can't answer it. So make sure that you're you're specifying your role that you played so that you're not overselling yourself. You're presenting your best self. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're not 
being inauthentic. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think about like resumes or like list your skills and people put communication, leadership skills, all these different adjectives that try to describe themselves. But we need to come with examples yeah. so that when we're when we're asked about it, we have something to say. That, that's fantastic. Uh, we go to the interview. Maybe the interview doesn't go too well. How do we handle like the conversation after the interview, especially if it didn't end up in our favor? Yeah, I think um, I can. I go back to my example of you know my dream company didn't work out. That's okay. Um, I think it was really easy in that moment to come to a space of you know what. I'm just going to not be employed, and that's okay. Um, But I couldn't sit in that, you know? So I think it's still approaching the follow-up steps with humility. Um, Just because you don't feel like you did well in the interview, it is always appropriate to follow up with a thank you to your recruiter and to your interviewers. Um, I think it shows the humility of thank you for your time. Thank Mm -hmm. you for still considering me, even if it wasn't the right role for me or I was not able to— you know, exemplify how I was best fit for the role. Um, I still thank you for your time. Um, So I think that's one thing that's really tangible. The other thing that I would say is, you know, you have to do a self-evaluation. For me, it was coming to terms and understanding, why did I want that position? Maybe it was the title. Maybe it was the pay. Maybe it was, um, you know, whatever that XYZ might be for you, um, but really determining what is it that you wanted and then how does your skill set of your leadership skills, your experience, your education, how do they those tie in? So understanding, are you applying for the right kind of role? I know there might be young adults who, you know, maybe it wasn't just one position that they applied to. Maybe they're applying to the same position again and again, hoping that with time or with experience, um, they might be able to step into that role. And if you feel defeated, if you feel like maybe this isn't it, there will always be a position where you can actually transfer those skills and you have Mm -hmm. to find the right role for the right person. So I think it ties in with doing your research. Um, Culture for a company is really, really important because even during the interview process, you are interviewing the company just as much as they are interviewing you. Um, Because if you think about it, when we as recruiters or as directors, we are taking interviewers who are some of our top talent to put them in a position to interview candidates. Why do we do that? Because we want to make sure that a candidate is also receiving that best impression of these are the these are the kinds of people you're going to be working with. Do you see yourself with this with this kind of environment of collaborative, you know, innovative, being able to communicate and collaborate with one another? Mm-hmm. Um, And if you don't see yourself in that position, then that's important to also note. The company isn't always the one that is perfect. You have to evaluate what you want at the end of it as well. So research into culture. Is this a place where I can grow? Is this a place that is going to be invested in my development? Even if I'm not in a job that I love right now, is there somewhere else, another avenue within the same company that I can grow into? So research, research, research. I think it's really important. A lot of companies are very transparent transparent and very vulnerable um, when it comes to their values, beliefs, and then reaching out to someone, um, someone who you know that's either in the company, reach out on LinkedIn, on Glassdoor. Um, There's a lot of different ways to connect. Another thing for any college students who are out there, um, career fairs, 
go to them. They make all of the dis- the difference. It is part of my job to go to career fairs and to connect with different students. Um, and a lot of the time, it helps expedite the process of interviews because you're making that time. You're putting in that effort and showing a company, I want this. I want to know more about the job. I want to know how I can succeed. Um, so I think putting yourself out there in that regard, too, is it, it's hard, especially when you face disappointment, but mm-hmm. you, you have to just put your chin up. You will find the right job. God is with you in it. He's not going to just leave you high and dry, um, but you also have to put in those first steps, too, to to pick yourself up and, and keep on going. Yeah, I, I love that. I heard somebody say you only have to be right once. Yeah, like make a bunch of applications, go to yeah. a bunch of interviews. You're yeah. going to learn a lot about yourself in the That's process. Right. And you're right once, and then you've ended up with a job. I want to ask this question. Uh, it's not something that we've talked about before, but it's something I hear all the time. I hear people say, I don't feel fulfilled in my job. Mm. What is your response to that as HR representatives, as people who've been in their careers, do jobs necessarily fulfill us? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I love that this is a Christian podcast because we got to bring our faith into this too. Right. Um, and ultimately, we're putting our hope in Jesus, not in a job. And so there may be times where what we're looking for is a job that's utilizing our skills, our abilities, everything that we know that God put in us, and we want that to be something that's really fulfilling to us. But ultimately, we're called to be surrendered Mm -hmm. to God. And we may not be moved into the position that we want at the time that we want. And so um, I would say that's that's a matter of prayer, of taking that to God and, and just asking, like, is it time? Is it a season where I should be moving into something else and trusting that He's going to guide your steps, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're called to trust in God with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding. That's not it. lean on our own understanding. And so when we're trusting God, we know that um, if He's got us somewhere for a season and it is longer than we desired, um, that he's going to be faithful in that mm-hmm. season. And so can I can I share a quick story like along these lines? Okay. Um, when I was in college, I had a summer job at a camp, and this was my second summer going into it. Um, the first summer I was a camp counselor. And so I went back the second summer to do the same thing. Excited to lead kids, be a camp counselor, and I show up and I was assigned to the kitchen. Oof. Y'all, that is like serving breakfast, lunch, dinner, scrubbing plates, cleaning peanut butter sandwiches off the tables. And this is what I'm like, this is what I'm giving my summer to. This is crazy. And I had just within my first couple of days, I, I knew I had a decision of, am I going to complain? Am I going to count down the days? Is this summer going to be a waste? Or am I actually going to give myself fully to this? Am I going to carry a great attitude? Am I going to carry the spirit that I think God wants me to carry into it and let that let that uh, bring joy and, and be a right. witness to other people? And it turned out to be the summer of my life. Like, oh, it was incredible. It's amazing. I fell in love with Jesus that summer. Wow. And when I tell you that 
every person around me had the crappiest, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, the crappiest <laughs> attitude. Um, but I didn't have to take on that attitude. I could have my have my own. I used it as prayer time, you know, scrubbing dishes, just using it as a as a prayer time. And ultimately what happened is there there were high school students coming in and out of the kitchen that summer. And there was a kid who said, I don't understand why you're happy. Mm. Like what is that? Like why you're you're scrubbing dishes this summer. And I was able to share the joy that I had in God. And that kid gave his life to Christ wow. that wow. summer. Come and on. so just knowing we're on a mission no matter what. Yeah. God gives us jobs. We are and we're gonna put our hands to the work that he gives us. We're not afraid of hard work. But if we're not in the position that we want to be in, we are not without mission. And so wow. you give yourself to the mission that God has put you on and trust that the career, the job, the assignments are going to align with what He wants for you. Oh, my goodness. I love that. We got to give ourselves to the mission, and then God will put us in the right position. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. We have, we've covered a lot today, uh, and the best part is we're not done yet. So uh, part of the show notes for this podcast is going to be loaded with resources and a whole bunch of tools and tips. I think we have a template resume that you can, Alex, help put together. So, I mean, there free resources are coming to you. But I'd love if we had a last word, a last encouragement, a last charge uh, in the space that you're in, what's your encouragement to young adults who are trying to get a job? Yeah, I would say first, I'm blown away by your answer, Lauren, um, of just committing to the mission. I think that is something, even praying and getting ready for this podcast, um, I, I do feel and I believe that there are people out there who are really discouraged in the job that they find themselves in right now. And it's it's really difficult to know that, but that is something that I have been just hearing again and again and again. So thank you for affirming that and for speaking the truth in mm. that. You know, for anyone that's feeling discouraged, stick to the mission, um, the mission to be salt and light wherever right. it is um, that you find yourself in your career. Um, you know, work with excellence with everything that you have, because if you can be trusted with the small things, then, you know, people notice you're the Lord above all else will notice. And he is the one that is in control of everything else. So yes, we put our hands to it, but God is the one who ultimately has the final say and he's with you in it. Um, so if you can be trusted with the small things then you can be trusted with the bigger things as well. Um, so keep pushing forward, keep, you know, stay focused on Jesus. I think that would be the biggest encouragement, which I know is sometimes hard when you're in that position. I can say from personal experience, there were a lot of times in my career, um, especially within the first one to two years where I felt, you know, it, and I, this sounds so bad to say it and I'm sorry, but I felt like I was above a certain role that I was doing. Um, I felt I was above yeah. folding shirts and, you know, folding pants and working customer service. I had my master's degree and I was like, you know what? I didn't get my education for this. This is too much. And I felt that way. And I'm being really transparent. Um, but the Lord spoke to me. There were so many times, if you ever saw me in a store folding shirts and crying, is because the Lord was speaking to me and saying, you know what? You have no idea how this, how if you work at folding this with excellence, this is going to impact somebody. You don't know who it is, mm -hmm. but are you still going to do it for me? even if you don't see the end result. Wow. And that is what kept me going, kept me going. And little did I know, a couple of months later, I was going to be transitioning, still with the same company, but into a completely different role that was far beyond what I ever could have imagined. Um, so keep going, 
stick to the mission, stay focused. If you need encouragement, community, we're here. I'll talk to you if you want to talk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we've all been there. So it's, it's not easy, but you can do it. I love that. And my my final charge encouragement would be do the work. Yeah. Do the work. Do the work and release the results. Yeah. Wow. If you do the work, you can feel good about it no matter what. You know, no matter what happens cuz you brought your best to it and you prepared and you you did the work and and you're trusting that God is going to bring it bring it to you and direct your steps either way. And yeah. so just knowing Every time you step into something, every time you step into an interview, it's actually an opportunity for you to learn something and grow. And so using it as that and not letting the no become a discouragement, mm-hmm. but letting it become a part of your development. Right. So you do the work and you release the rest. That's so good. This is a podcast that I'm going to be going back and listening to many times. There's so much gold in this and a lot of it is going to be at our one pager that is in the show notes. We've got the template. We've got the resources. We've got the next steps for us. And I'm excited of what this could do. Uh, If Mm. we had a generation of people that were not afraid to put their hands and to do the work and not be afraid of the no, um, man, I think a lot of great things could happen in our communities and then in our lives as well. Young adults, we love you so much. We will see you next time on the next episode of Young and Adulting. Lauren, Alex, thank you so much for being a part of this and contributing. And what you do and where you are, you are salt and light. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.